ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي رسول الله صلى الله عليه واله وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار all praise is due to allah allah is worthy of all praise i praise him i seek his help and i seek his forgiveness i bear witness there is no deity worthy of worship except allah and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallama is allah's final messenger the best of speech is allah's speech and the best of guidance is allah's guidance and the worst of the affairs are the add on to the religion for every add on to the religion is a heresy every heresy is misguidance and every misguidance is in the hell fire brothers and sisters Allah's messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam used to make the following dua Allahumma rahmataka arju fala takilni ila nafsi turfata ayn wa aslih li sha'ni kullah O Allah I seek your mercy Do not turn me to myself a blink of an eye bring goodness to all of my affairs In this beautiful dua Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallama is teaching us that goodness to all of our affairs comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Thus we say O oh Allah do not turn me to myself do not put me in charge of my own affairs independently from your guidance because if you put me in charge of my own affairs i will mess all of them up but you O oh Allah you O oh Allah be in charge of my affairs Do not turn me to myself a blink of an eye you be in charge of all of my affairs and you bring goodness to all of my affairs loved ones 
This dua shows us that we call upon Allah, we pray to Allah, we supplicate to Allah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to step in and to be in charge of every aspect of our affairs. It's the sunnah for us to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to manage our lives for us. And the question is, how much Allah in reality is in charge of your life? There's no doubt that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can run your life His ways forcibly. He can force His decrees upon you and you can only do those things that are pleasing to Him. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose not to do so. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many times rescues you from your own foolishness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many times rescues me from my own foolishness. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many times inhibits me and inhibits you from doing things that if you had the chance to do them, they would bring destruction to you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the free will. And He told us that He is interested in coming to our lives to manage them for us. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not come uninvited. This dua teaches us that we need to invite Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to tell Allah, do not turn me to myself a blink of an eye. And you bring goodness to all of our affairs. You know why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is interested in me. Allah Azza wa Jal is interested in you, and you, and you, and you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is interested in us because He created us. He not only created us, of course, He created us, He created the animals, He created the angels, He created the jinn, He created the stars, he created the moon, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a special interest in you because He created you in the best of forms. Allah Azza wa Jal tells us in Surah at 95.4 لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ We created man in the best of forms. Also Allah Azza wa Jal created your father in his own hands. He molded Adam's shape in his own hands and then implanted in him the soul. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Sa'd, Ya Iblisu ma mana'aka an tasjuda lima khalaqtu biyadayi. Allah says in 38.75, Iblis, what prevented you from prostrating to that which I created in my hands? 
So Allah Azza wa Jal created your father and he commanded the angels to prostrate to him. Allah Azza wa Jal created you in the best of forms. So Allah Azza wa Jal is interested in running your life for you. But are you interested in Allah running your life for you? It is, no doubt, brothers and sisters, in our best interest for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to run our lives for us. If you want to be the best you can be, Allah has to be in charge of all of your affairs. Every one of us wants to be the best that he or she can be. If you want to be the best you can be, if you want to capitalize your opportunity and maximize your opportunity to be the best you can be in this life and in the hereafter, Allah has to be in charge of all of your affairs. And any part of your life that Allah is not in charge of is a problem area for you. It will bring to you problems in the short run. And in the long run, in this life and in the hereafter, any part of your life that is not done Allah's way, whether it is done your way, your neighbor's way, your cultural way, the society way, the boss's way, any other way other than Allah's way, it will bring problems to you. In this life, or in the hereafter, in the short term, or in the long term. So it is in our best interest that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes charge of our affairs. And you, and no one else, you and no one else have to be the quality controller of your life. And you ask yourself the following question, and you give yourself an honest and a thoughtful answer. Question, how much Allah is in charge of my life? We need to ask ourselves this question. Every one of us own it for himself to ask himself this very important question how much Allah is in charge of my life the more you handle your life according to Allah's way the more Allah is in charge of your life and the more Allah is in charge of your life the less problems you shall have and the less you handle your life according to Allah's ways, the less Allah is in charge of your life. And the less Allah is in charge of your life, the more problems you shall have. That is an axiom, that is a principle, that is the equation. If we do our lives the neighbor's way, the boss's way, the culture way, we will get their results. Failures and destruction. 
But if we do our lives Allah's way, we will get Allah's results, which are satisfaction and success. So how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in charge of your life? The answer is, Allah is in charge of my life to the extent that I do my life His way. And I do my life Allah's way to the extent I invite Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be in charge of my life. How much I invite Allah to be in charge of my life? That is a very important question. Some people, not in their speech of course, but in their actions make a statement. And the statement say, I want to handle this area of my life my way, not Allah's way. I am a good Muslim, but I want to handle my finances my way. Not Allah's way. I am a good Muslim, but I'm going to handle my business my way, not Allah's way. I am a good Muslim, but I'm going to handle my study my ways, not Allah's way. I am a good Muslim, but I'm going to handle my marriage my way. The culture way, not Allah's way. Some people do that. To help answer the question, how much Allah is in charge of our lives, let us focus on five areas, if we have time to do so. If we don't, we cut it short. Relationships, homes, business, appearance and entertainment. In my observation, those are the areas that give us the most problems. Is Allah in charge of your relationships with your wife, with your husband? with your children, with your parents, with your sibling? Do you handle your relationships the cultural way, the neighbor way, the society way, the tradition way, or Allah's way? That is very important. I do a lot of marriage counseling. And I see a lot of problems in the Muslim family. And some people say simply with the honest truth, I do not know how to handle my marriage Allah's way. And chances are, if you do not know how to do something Allah's way, chances are the person is not doing it Allah's way. It's not going to happen by accident. If a person does not know Allah's way, chances are he's not doing it Allah's way. And that shows us the importance of education. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, طلب العلم فريضة على كل مسلم ومسلمة. Seeking knowledge is a duty upon every Muslim and Muslimah. Seeking knowledge is a duty not for the sake of piling information. Piling information does not produce transformation. Seeking knowledge is important to take knowledge from the text and put it in the mode of application. Application of knowledge produces transformation. And alhamdulillah, nowadays knowledge is 
readily accessible. A person can educate himself by reading books that are printed on fine papers. Or a person can listen to CDs and tapes. Or a person can log in on the internet and listen to many lectures. Or can read many materials related to his everyday practices of Al-Islam. So there are many ways in which you can learn. Seeking knowledge is a duty for us to know Allah's way. To take Allah's way, to take how Allah designed for us to do things and implement it for us to get the best results. So area number one, relationships. Area number two is our home. Is Allah in charge of your home? Of course you cannot control what is present outside your homes. But you control what is under your roof. Is Allah in charge of our homes? Is everything or almost everything or 90% of the things in our homes are approved by Allah? That is something we need to be very keen in answering. We need to make sure that our homes are approved by Allah. I would like to give you one example just to trigger your appetite. Many Muslim families have HBO and Cinemax. Can you believe that? I hope no one here has HBO or Cinemax in his home. But many Muslim families have HBO and Cinemax in their homes. You know what that means to me? It means to me the sewage is dumping in their homes. Because what is playing on HBO and Cinemax, nothing but filth. Did they teach us how to make Hajj or pray? I don't think so. Nothing but filth. But they present filth in an appealing style. Whereby a person might see a filthy scene and develop acceptance to it. So you see the danger here? It desensitizes our perception. So when we see that scene in real life, we are already programmed to accept it. Somebody might say, well, only the adults watch those movies in my home. The kids are away from it. Then that means you are not setting up a good role model for your children. So we need to make sure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in charge of our lives. We need to make sure that what is inside our homes is something that is approved by Allah. The third area is our appearance, how we look. Truly Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ أَجْسَادِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَاكِنْ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَإِلَىٰ أَعْمَالِكُمْ Allah does not look at your bodies and how your face look like, but Allah looks at your heart at, and at your deeds. But that is not related to our appearance. 
The Prophet ﷺ told us many a hadith related how we look like. Therefore, the Prophet ﷺ legislated for men not to wear silk. Isn't that related to our appearance? Allah, Allah's Messenger ﷺ legislated for men not to wear gold. Isn't that related to our appearance? Allah's Messenger ﷺ legislated for men not to wear the attire of women. Isn't that related to our appearance? And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through His Prophet ﷺ legislated for women not to wear the attire of men. Isn't that related to our appearance? So we have to make sure that this area is governed according to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted that area of our lives to be. Another area I address very quickly is entertainment. Is Allah in charge of how we entertain ourselves? You know it's well accepted and it's alright for Muslims to develop habits to entertain themselves. But the question is how? Is Allah in charge of this area of our lives? We need to make sure that what we do for entertainment is in coherence with the teaching of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Spending a couple of grand on a vacation is a very modest number. Don't you agree? But when the same couple of grand are put in a masjid, they become a large amount of money. A person might go to the store, to the scratch and dent store and see a, and see a freezer or a big screen TV or whatever the case may be that costs $500. They say that is a catch, we need to buy it now. But that same $500 seem a large amount of money when it comes to invest in a property not on this earth but in Jannah. You know, the mode of people, we want to invest in properties. The price is going up, the best investment, yes indeed. But also take into consideration the property we can invest in in Jannah. So those are some areas we need to make sure that we do them Allah's way. To help myself answer how much Allah is in charge of my life, and to help my brothers in faith answer this question, I develop a self-assessment test. And the test says, how much Allah is in charge of your life in relation to relationships? All the times, most of the times, seldom, and there's a corresponding number. I would encourage you brothers and sisters to take the self-assessment test. Do not put your name on it. Just go through the questions, add the numbers, and give yourself an assessment. Because you know why? Many times we have blind spots in our lives. They are there. They cause us problems, but we do not see them. We need to open our eyes to those blind spots in order to see them.
uh, once we see them, inshallah, we work on them to improve them. So this test is not meant to measure our faith or how much close we are to Allah at all. It's only designed to open our eyes to the blind spots because we as brothers and sisters in faith, we have the obligation to work together to grow in taqwa because of three reasons. We need to help one another. We must help one another. It's our duty to help one another to grow in taqwa because we all are slaves of Allah. Is there anyone who who is not a slave of Allah? We all are slaves of Allah. And we all are members of the same organization, of the same community, of the same body. The Prophet ﷺ said the example of believers is their love and mercy to one another like one body. So we all are members of the same body, of the same community, of the same organization, and that is Islam. And we all share common purpose of existence. Allah created us to worship Him. And worshipping Allah is founded on loving Allah, adoring Allah, giving ourselves to Allah, living our lives according to the rules of Allah. I end this khutbah with this very important question that I oftentimes ask myself and I encourage people to ask themselves. If somebody ask you or you stand before the mirror and you ask yourself am I willing to die for the sake of Allah many people will say yes no problems but we do not want to really die for the sake of Allah we want to live for the sake of Allah we want to do life Allah's way we want to live according to how Allah planned for us to live that is the test That is the challenge. And you can be the best you can be if Allah is in charge of all of your affairs. And Allah's Messenger taught us this beautiful dua. Oh Allah, I seek your mercy. Do not turn me to myself a blink of an eye and bring goodness to all of my affairs. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring goodness to all of our affairs. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad.